Tom, SAS Recruit 19, uh, for anyone that was watching um, SAS Who Dares Wins on Channel 4, you made it all the way to the last day, and we'll get into that. But you're also, like, you're a fitness enthusiast in any way. Um, if you're if you're following Tom uh, on social media already or Instagram, you'll see that the guy, is, if he's not in the gym, he's on some mountain or he's doing some run. <laughs> uh, he's an all-around fitness enthusiast and a business owner. So, and as a, as a business owner myself, I understand that the pressures of running a business and then actually doing all of the extra work that he does and activity and just like the way he lives his life is um, it's 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 I suppose it's it's admirable to see um, because a lot of people would find that hard. Like I know a lot of business owners that are stressed out and not in shape and not healthy. And then you you can you you've proved that it is doable to be that. Uh, and then just for kind of for reference for people, like how I met Tom was he well I sat beside him at a wedding. I actually think you sat beside my wife at a wedding. And um, it was just casually dropped into conversation that he was on SAS, which is a show I watch every year. I was like, sorry, you did what? And he, yeah, so, but he couldn't tell me. He wasn't, he wouldn't, because obviously I hadn't aired yet. So he wouldn't tell us anything. So we tried to get him drunk and we tried to get words out of him, but like he, he held, he held, he held tough. He held tough. So Tom, uh, thanks for being on the show. And for, for people like, obviously business owner into fitness. What is it about fitness that keeps you that it like kind of just motivates you to keep doing it and keep challenging yourself? Like how long have you been doing fitness? Is it something that's new to you? Have you always been into fitness? So, uh, yeah, I've been into fitness since I was, um, since I first left school, really, I wasn't really into it during school. I wasn't very good at any sport. Um, I would always actually skip like, the PE lessons, I'd be like, oh, no, I don't, don't want to get involved with that. I'm just, I'm not, I, I'm not interested at all. So I was never really into sport. Um, then when I left school, I found that actually I had a bit of a knack. Uh, I, so I would never train, but then as soon as I would start running, I would suddenly be outrunning all these people that, that do sport on a regular basis. Yeah. And I just suddenly found that I had um, quite a good base level of fitness, I guess, quite naturally. So I'm quite lucky, I guess, in that regard. I mean, I've always, I say I wasn't into sport. I loved skateboarding. So I'd, I was always out skateboarding on the weekends and the evenings, but I didn't do your typical, what you would call sport, as you yeah. think of as a young lad, like football or rugby. Um, but skateboarding, I always did. But yeah, it's just something I've, I've always enjoyed since age like 16, 17, whether it's running or going to the gym. Um, yeah, just something I've always, always enjoyed doing. And just in regards to like going into the, like uh, what, what kind of, what was the inspiration and what kind of got you to do uh, SAS or sign up or apply for SAS? I've always loved the show, similar to yourself. So it's a show I've always watched right from the first series. And I, I remember getting a phone call when it, when it first came out, first episode, first series, and I didn't even know it was on TV. I'd never heard of it. Mm. I remember my mum phoning me going, Thomas, <laughs> there's, this, there's this TV show we watched last night, me and your dad. It's right up your street. Like, I think, yeah, you'll love it. You have, you've got to watch it. It's great. And then that was it. I was like, okay, yeah, I'll give it a go. Watched it. I was hooked immediately. I just loved the whole concept of what it's about, yeah. um, which is personal development, really. That's what it boils down to. And just how far you can push yourself physically and mentally, which is something I've always been 
fascinated with since a young age is, is how far you can push it and how capable yeah. you can be. And I think that's a, it's a kind of a personality trait as well for a lot of people that want to see and challenge themselves to yeah. see what, what's, what's possible. Um, so obviously you got, you applied, you got on, what was the kind of initial nerves when you were like, Oh, I'm actually doing this now. Well, so I applied the previous year and I didn't get on. So I actually applied and I didn't, I didn't make the cut. I got through quite a few of the interview stages and then I just pretty much got ghosted. So I didn't hear anything back. So I thought, okay, well, I'm not on. And the next thing I knew it was being on TV. So I was like, oh, clearly I didn't uh, make the cut then. Yeah. Uh, but same with anything in life. Like you, you take your failures, but you can't let them keep you down. You've got to, you've got to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and go again. And I was really disappointed when I didn't get on because I'd got quite far through the process. And I was very close to not applying again, but like I say, you've got to pick yourself up and you've, you can't fear rejection and failure. So I thought I'm going to go for it again. Yeah. It was actually my wife, Helen, that was really pushing it. Like she was like, I think you'll get on. I really think you'll get on. And it was over 30,000 people apply. And I thought, mm. well, you know, you've got to be in it. So why not try again? Um, went through the process again. And then, yeah, like you say, getting that phone call after jumping through so many hoops and then I was out with the dogs on my own and my phone went and it was one of the producers and they said, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. As, as you know, we've been really impressed with you, with you throughout the interview stage. We think you're a great guy. Um, we would love to invite you onto the course. And I, so I, I didn't know what to say. I was like, yeah. okay, so, so what is in like, you want me on there? Like I'm, I'm, get, I'm on the show. Yep. You're on. If you still want your spot, um, you got. We're leaving in three weeks, and I, I, I was just in total shock. I didn't know what to say, so I just said, "I think this is the best phone call I've probably ever had." Thank you. Um, I'll yeah, count me in. Yeah. So that was the initial thing, and then it was, yeah, it took a bit of time for it to like start sinking in. Really, it was about a week before I left that I really started feeling nervous mm. and thinking, ah, "Okay, like I'm actually leaving in a week." And I didn't know where I was going. I was just told there'll be a taxi at your front door, 11 a.m. on this date, and it'll be taking you to Heathrow Airport, and that is all we're telling you. So I had no idea what country I was going to. Like, all I knew is I was going to be away for three weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, madness. And then, like, I know for anyone who watched, like, the first day, for like, the first day we see, because obviously yeah. you were in isolation with COVID and all that. Yeah. But you were on that bus in the desert, and next yeah. thing you know like all these jeeps kept pulling up like what was that when your first initial meeting with the ds's and like they're screaming and shouting is like because you kind of know it's a show but it's still quite full-on yeah I, I think you forget it's a show so i forgot it was a show after the first two minutes yeah um, i was totally in like survival mode in the first two minutes because they jumped out of those jeeps screaming in your face tipping water over you pushing your face down in the sand kicking sand on you and like screaming and shouting and suddenly it's like it's very real then yeah. and especially when you just come out of isolation for 10 days because of covid so you've had all that downtime reading books yeah um, like all that sort of downtime like reflecting on where you've come and uh, like what it's going to be like on the course suddenly like you're thrown into that it was it was just mental and uh it, it i very quickly forgot about any cameras or, or yeah. anything that they just it was just survival mode. And I am not going to lie, and I didn't know this at the time, but since speaking to other recruits, 
that run they made us do where we were doing burpees in the sand, crawling over the dirt. Um, we were running through the desert to get to the initial camp. So yeah. it hadn't even started yet. We hadn't been issued our numbers or kits. And I honestly felt like if I had a number, <laughs> I would probably be giving it in that. Like, yeah. I felt like, should I be here? Like my heart rates, but because of the heat of the desert, my heart rate spiked. I couldn't get my breath. And I was like, what am I doing here? This is like... I, I was in my head. I did have yeah. doubts immediately. Like, should I be doing this? But then when I switched over because they were all like, "Oh my god, what am I doing? I don't think I can do it." So, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so yeah, you couldn't quit because you hadn't started. Yeah, it was literally like I would quit, but I haven't given given a number yet, so I don't know how to quit. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Um, and over the course of the whole thing and like you made it all the way through to the to the very end of the last well to the last episode what we've seen of six hours yeah you had what 168 hours or something even yeah more yeah than yeah um, what was the toughest day or the toughest part for you like what was the oh shit this is just i'm breaking here okay oh. so there's probably there's probably two moments one was the car challenge that we had to yeah. do, the driving ambush. Uh, obviously, that was quite triggering for me. Um, I haven't been in quite a serious car accident. And if you've watched the show, you, obviously, you've seen it. You, you know my reasons for being there. Yeah. That was that was very difficult, not physically, but emotionally. It was very tough to deal with. Uh, so that's probably the one point where I really did think, like, like deadly serious about going home. And after that task, I remember being sat in the car going back to the camp and uh, one of the other recruits, Dylan, put his arm around me and he's like, are you all right, mate? And I was like, I really just want to go home and see my wife and see my dogs and I just don't want to be here. Uh, but I gave myself 15 minutes when I got back to the camp just to be on my own and just think about what I'm doing. And once I collected my thoughts and that, I was okay. Yeah. I just, I didn't make any rash decisions. Physically, the hardest thing, this might surprise you, but the physically the hardest thing was the interrogation phase, uh, which is the phase where I left the process. Mm. So yes, it was tough mentally. And I, when I chose to leave, I could, I, if you were to ask me whether it was physical or mental that I left, I would have to say it was a mixture of both. Yeah. Because unfortunately, one part of fitness I've always neglected is flexibility, and I've always underestimated the power of it. I've, I've never really cared. I've never stretched. I just, mm. It just doesn't, it's never bothered me until they sat me cross-legged. And, man, that was it. Like, I, yeah. I cannot describe the pain I was in. So it actually turned out afterwards. I saw a physio afterwards and I had tore both hip flexors. Yeah. I'm sitting cross-legged. So I was in so much physical pain that I completely lost my head. I was in there hours on end, hooded, loud screaming babies yeah. and all sorts of noises bearing in the ears, starving, hungry, no sleep. And it got to the point where the physical pain got too much and then I lost my head and forgot where I was and all sorts. So yeah. that is probably that was probably the hardest point for me. And like just for people for reference, like like there was pictures then after of you on crutches, like yeah, you know, proper like proper full on injury, like oh cross legged, like you got to like I think for people listening, is this was the last day of how many horrible days with little to no sleep? On yeah, ten days worth. You said like six hundred calories or eight hundred calories. Yeah, a day. yeah, and ten days, and then put in the position where you're 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 you literally torn muscles 
yeah, uh, and ended up on crutches because of it. So it was like a legit injury that happened. Yeah, um, I, I, I was in like you know I kept I kept like finding myself in tears from the physical pain. And I kept, every time, like, you could hear kind of over the noises in your ears, you could hear the, the, the door to the cabin thing slamming every now and again. Yeah. And I honestly would be praying to God they were going to change the stress position. I was like, I can't, I just can't sit like this. Please, like, and it, it just it just never came. They, they, yeah. they, I think they found my weakness and they really, like, doubled down on it and went hard on it. Mm. And they, there was no let-up at all. Uh, it was, like, because I, I actually, so probably not specific, but I actually saw the medic after the first two hours. So they pulled me in to see the medic because I was in that much pain. And she said, you've got two options. You can go back in or you can, you can leave. It's, yeah. it's up to you. Like there's no, what do you want me to do? Um, my hips were in so much pain. And I said, Let, I'll go in and see how I get on, but I just can't sit cross-legged like that. And I went back in and I thought I'd been back in for another two hours when I left. She was like, no, nah, you've, you've done 10. <laughs> like you went in for another eight hours after you saw me. Oh, so, yeah. wow. so, but I lost all concept of time. I thought it'd only yeah. been a couple of hours, but yeah, it'd been like eight, eight further hours. So yeah. Like even that, just knowing that that's what happened, knowing that you put up with it and what for Utah was a small amount of time was like what, four times, a double uh, four times the time like yeah. eight hours versus two that's yeah. um because I, I see i'd like it's like you know like susan's like my wife's been saying to me you, sh- you should enter the irish one and all this stuff and i was like yeah i would i would physically break because my body like i get injuries all the time it's something that i like to do i'm a lot i'm more of a i like sitting on the couch yeah having my chocolate watching you in pain yeah and then i'm like i know that guy i can relate to that guy no i can't but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I don't know maybe maybe one year i might throw it uh, uh i might register and see what happens yeah um but like for you what what would be then on the, on the course like what was the biggest shock for you just as a, as a personal like personally for you what did you find other than flexibility and i hope you've started your yoga training all the yeah. time uh, every, every day every morning every evening honestly it's a massive thing i do now yeah 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 um what was the biggest shocker like kind of takeaway to you like, biggest shock to you to your system of just about about you in general like you're like oh like fuck me what the, what was this like a realization for you what would that like? yeah Pro- so probably like uh it sounds bad but probably how calm I stayed most of the time. Like I felt very in control of my emotions mm. and I never, I, I guess um, because I've suffered with mental health in the past and I've had, um, I've seen psychologists for it and I've had help mm. for it. So I've learned and through that, I've learned quite a lot about the human brain and how it works. Yeah. And I had never really since then been put in like a, a real stressful position like lack of sleep lack of food being screamed at um physically exerted and then being asked to think quickly on the spot and look after fellow team members as well it's all a lot to deal with which is why people start dropping off because it just all becomes too much and i just found that i was very i felt very sort of in control of my decisions very in control of what was what was going on and i almost surprised myself i think like the episode before last when we were on the out in the desert all through the night sort of following maps and stuff doing the escape and evade yeah some people were struggling to keep up and i sort of said to the group 
look, we need to wait. Let's stay as a team. Let's do this. And I think watching it back as well, I just thought, oh, there's a lot of times where I seemed quite with it and understood mm-hmm. what was going on and reacted in quite a sensible way considering how tired and yeah. fatigued I was. So, yeah, I think that surprised me the most. Yeah. And like, as you see, just saying watching it back. So I'm sure like watching it back for you, like how was how was that experience watching? Like, because obviously they edited it very well. Yeah, and they probably left stuff in and or didn't put stuff in. You're like, that should have been in there. But like watching it back for you, because they like how was how was that experience? Because that's an experience on itself, watching back like what you went through. So what doing the actual course, so being in Jordan and doing the course was 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 amazing. I absolutely loved I apart from sitting cross-legged, I loved every every moment of it. Watching it back, you might be surprised to hear I didn't overly enjoy it. Uh, I didn't, I didn't really, I I enjoyed like, if I could have been watching it on my own, so if they said to you, oh, by the way, we recorded that experience and you can watch it back if you like, then then, yeah, I'd have probably enjoyed it. But being being on TV and knowing that everyone else is watching it as well, it wasn't an experience I liked and I I wouldn't want to go on TV again. It just, it was one of those things that I couldn't relax for the six weeks it was on every week I was anxious about what was going to be shown how it was going to be interpreted what my family were going to think what my friends mm-hmm. were going to think even what people that don't know me were going to think about me so I didn't really enjoy that experience but in terms of actually watching it back the editing is very frustrating <laughs> because and I won't go into any details about how certain things were edited yeah my god sometimes I was watching it and I was like that's definitely not the order that happened and that yeah, definitely yeah, yeah across like that at the time so they are very good at the editing and they can edit it however they want really so yeah, yeah. so what yeah. we see and then your experience are on like we don't really get a, a full insight into the experience because well because i suppose it is a tv show and it's there for entertainment purposes yeah but there's a there's a there's another side to the show yeah you guys and your crew and and i suppose that's like when you endure something so physically and mentally hard, and I, I, I think this is the same in a lot of different endeavors, but when what you guys went through, I'm, like I'm sure, like it creates a bond because you you've all suffered through something. Yeah, there's a bond that no one else, and even all the other seasons don't have the bond that you have because it's your bond. Yeah. Like, how did you how did you find that with the other contestants on the show? Like did, that you. Like, yeah. did you find that there's a bigger bond with you guys now? Are you still in contact with a bunch of the guys? And yeah. Like, how how was that? So the bonds form very quickly in that sort of situation where you're living with someone 24-7 and you're also being pushed, like you say, physically and mentally. And what they do very well is they're very quick to strip you back of everything. So mm. you go in there and the only things you're allowed to take in are two pairs of boxers, toothbrush and toothpaste, and that's it. So you're stripped of everything. Um, You're given all your kit. Everyone's got the same stuff. So you're all on a, like, even playing field. But because they they beast you so much on the first few days, some of the workouts they gave us that weren't shown on the show were just just brutal. Like, there was one that was, like, two hours long, and they said it's not going to stop until someone goes. And I couldn't believe it, but all 20 of us were left at the end, and they actually actually said, we're going to have to call it a night, go on 
piss off back to bed and I, no no one quit and I and I remember at that point thinking this is a tough bunch like this season yeah. is a tough tough lot here and they so you form that bond quite quickly because you're all suffering together you all have yeah. to pull together and help each other and I think because you're stripped, so stripped back you end up being quite vulnerable and that's what the show's about they want people yeah. that are quite open to be vulnerable so because you're in that vulnerable state you get to know people very quickly mm-hmm. um, pro- I probably spoke to people in there more openly than I spoke to some of my closest friends yeah. so stuff that they knew about me before my closest friends even knew when you when you when you grow go through a process like that and you meet people uh, and like you say you're brought back you're all brought back down to your basics of your adjust the body whether you've all had the same stuff the guys that are running the show really don't care. They need they have a job to try and make you quit. And then when you endure through something, and I suppose it's kind of like when you like growth, like you 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 learn that that kind of only only true growth happens when you are uncomfortable or made to feel yeah. uncomfortable because that's like how you grow a muscle. You want to get a bigger muscle, you have to lift a, a weight, and when it gets easier, you have to lift a bigger weight, and, and yeah. that's how you get strength and build muscle. And it's the same with <clears throat> mentally, physically. And I suppose the course, like that was possibly the ultimate growing, like test of your mental fortitude, physical fortitude, like wh- what will break first, if any of them break and how long can you keep going? Like, and that yeah. it's, it is, it's, it's, it's an amazing test. Um, what would, what would be the biggest takeaway for you, for you about you? What did you learn about yourself the most? It would, it, yeah, it would have to be that, um, as I kind of touched on it before, like my almost emotional intelligence, because I made the, like, and I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was after I quit, I gave my number in and I was happy with my decision. And in the past, I would have felt like, oh, you're really weak if you quit. Oh, like you can't quit. What are people going to think of you? And that, those thoughts did go through my head before I quit. Don't get me wrong. I had a, a hundred times in my head. There were things, all sorts of things going around in my head. I, my, my body wanted me to quit so badly because I was in so much pain that I, I kept thinking something really bad's happened to a family member yeah. and they're not telling you because they don't want to spoil your experience. And no one from the family has phoned the show to tell them, but you need to go. You need to speak to your family. Something really bad has happened. So I was almost like trying to trick myself into reasons to leave. Mm. And I kept saying, no, you're being stupid. Nothing's happened. Everyone's all right. And then I kept worrying about my business because I hadn't obviously been running the business for a few weeks because I've been away. I started thinking, oh, something really bad's happened in the business. You need to just get out and get your phone and sort that out. So there's all sorts of things. But I think it was the emotional intelligence I showed to to actually quit when I did. And I'm glad I quit when I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think it was a very sort of grown up, I guess, decision to be like, okay, I'm in a lot of physical pain here. I'm probably doing some damage, which turns out I did. And I don't want to be here anymore. So yeah. at that point, me leaving was more important to me than getting to the end. So it, it was like, it wasn't, yeah, I was, I was just pleased that I made that decision because I'm quite a stubborn person. When I put my mind to something, I'm all in on it and yeah. I don't quit easy. So in a weird way, it kind of the, the, the thing I learned the most about me was from that decision to leave, uh, which I think was a good decision. And like, you, like, and like, you got to like, my hat is off to you. It, you got to the final, 
stay like the the main yeah. like the that that was is one of the toughest ones yeah and then i think uh, most people can't even get to uh yeah. or because of what's coming they would quit um so just on a on a on a lighter side are the ds's as mean on the show as they are in real life uh so uh, yeah it's hard so because you're filmed 24 7 yeah there's no like let up so there's never a time where there's downtime ever it is never like oh we're chilling now like the cameras aren't here so you're followed everywhere with a camera and then on base it's just cameras planted all over the place so it's like big brother so there's no downtime so are they in a character they probably are a little bit but then i guess if you went into a real military setting, yeah, then they're kind of in character because they're not going to be speaking to you like in the pub the same as they are to the people that are coming in. So it kind of is like they're playing a role a little bit. Um, I've spoken to all of them since leaving the course. Yeah. And yeah, they're, they're, to- they're, they're totally different now when I speak to them than they were when I tried to speak to them when I was there. Yeah. <laughs> they don't grab me by the scruff of the neck and scream in my face. Uh, so yeah, but they're they're tough guys. They're really tough. You just, I didn't know what to expect. Obviously, I've seen two of them, Billingham and Foxy, on TV a lot. Yeah. The other two, the first time I saw them was when they, yeah, it was when they got up on that stage. The presence and aura they have is quite intimidating, and you immediately have a lot of respect for them, and you yeah. think, I'm not going to step out of line here. Because like um, one, of, one of the things I noticed this year versus last year, the seasons is this year there were more verbally brutal. Like, they call you, a, a, like, an easy... Like, they, they were, like, brutal with what they were saying to people. Like, yeah. so you, you fucking numpty and yeah. all this. And, like, in all fairness, it made for great TV because I was laughing. I was like, yeah. say that, say that. Um, But, yeah, like, from the previous years, there was... It seemed that they were allowed kind of just go to town on you a little bit and... Yeah. You had to be able to like take it. And if you made a mistake, you got you, especially uh Billy. Uh yeah, uh, he, he he was he was a brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> like, was, like obviously you probably weren't finding it that funny at the time, but it was, it was entertaining sitting on the couch at my hot cup of tea. There was so one of the other recruits, he um the, the first day when we got off that bus and our faces were down in the sand, and Foxy was going around lifting people's heads up, like pulling them up and like staring at them in the face and shoving your face back down in the sand. You didn't really get to see any of it. But one of the other recruits, I won't say who he is, but he's he's got a particularly big head. And it's quite noticeable. Like he's got a big head. And I, my face was down in the sand, like along with everyone else's. And he was pulling people's heads up. And then all you heard was Foxy go, fucking hell, you got a big head. <laughs> and I was literally... <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed so much that I spat all the sand like went up in my face <laughs> and he's yeah and then he gave us all a beast in for laughing but like it was like from immediately he was like comment on the way people looked or the size of their head or and you just immediately yeah it just started straight away it was like yeah. right we're going in on you all so because that's what I that was one of the first things I noticed was they were I kind of it was like they were allowed off the leash a little bit more yeah in regards to what they could say to you uh which well, again i suppose it builds more entertaining but it's more real to life i suppose in a military setting if you make a mistake or you're not doing what you're told they're they're going to grill you harder yeah. they're, they're allowed to say what they want they should be allowed to say what they want because you're trying to join what or go through what the special force yeah. is training like so 
yeah. you need to be you need a thicker skin, I suppose. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> Just don't take it personally. Yeah. And one of the like you've kind of already you've already answered, but like one of my things is gonna ask, would you ever do it again? And as you said, no, you would not do it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's um it, it I think it's a once in a lifetime thing. I yeah. I, I would like to think now I've worked on flexibility and, and stuff for a few months and I and I'm feeling good. I would love to try again. I think up until that point, I I think I was quite a strong recruit. You know, I was yeah. always um the DS spoke highly of me. Um I never really got shouted at or screamed out in my mm-hmm. face too much. Uh, and I was always, you know, up at the front of the pack on any of the physical stuff. So, and I, and I felt mentally I was quite switched on there as well. So I yeah. felt like I, and I'll be honest, going into the interrogation, you'd been out on escape and evade and everyone was starving hungry. Everyone was fatigued. And I looked around and everyone looked really tired and fatigued. And I actually felt surprisingly strong. Mm. And I felt confident going into interrogation. I knew that was like almost like the final phase then. And I thought, if I get for interrogation, like, I've got a really good shot here. Like I know the DS think highly of me. I know that I'm doing well and I'm performing. I've got a really good shot at actually like completing the whole thing and maybe winning this. Yeah. <laughs> and like I say, they you just it's they took you into the thing, hooded you, blah blah blah, sit you down, sat me cross-legged, and within five minutes I was like, Oh, I'm in trouble. And I think Mike Tyson's got a saying, like, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sitting cross-legged was the punch to the face face. for me. Yeah, it was like everything was going so well and so smooth up until that point. Every task I'd really done well. And then it was like, wow, this is a game changer. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Now, like, again, my hat's off to you. You did it. I uh, got like watch and because I obviously this is the first time I've ever watched the show and knew a guy on the show. So obviously we were like, Oh, how's Tom dude? And oh, <laughs> yeah. we we're like all oh, like gung ho and we didn't want nothing bad to happen to you and stuff like that. But you got all like uh, I remember watching the final, I remember going you going into the Empire and I was like, Oh man, I said he must have been really fucked. Well, I thought at the time I thought it was you just went, and oh, no, I can't do this anymore. But then obviously then I seen that it was your yeah. your hips and I seen the crutches and stuff like that, and like yeah, you 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 showed true like a true emotional tension. You go like if if you if you tried to hold on, you wouldn't have completed the last task because you couldn't. Yeah, walk. and and that's what like cause they, they do the show provide you with psychologists afterwards, like as aftercare. Yeah, you know. And at first, I was really disappointed that I didn't get to the end. And she said exactly what you just said. She said, "Well." And she was the second person I saw after leaving the course. Mm. So you literally like leave. I saw the doctor and then the second person you sit down with. Is, uh, so I was still in my boiler suit from the interrogation when I sat down with the psychologist. So you see them quite quick after. Yeah. She, she said, she was like, look, it, you wouldn't have been able to carry on anyway. Like you can hardly walk. Like yeah. You, yeah. you're done. Like it's fine. But you, you, you made the right decision. You shouldn't have stayed. We all thought you were going to leave hours ago because they all watch it and the, the yeah. studio thing behind the scenes and that. And they were like, we thought you were gone hours ago after you saw the medic. So you've done really well. And she said, and you're the last man as well. And I was like, what do you mean? And she said, oh, it's just women left. Like yeah. all the men have gone. And I was like, well, and I guess, I guess out of all the men you think that applied for that show, I was the last, the last guy there. Yeah. So, you know, it's still a great achievement, I think. It is. Look at getting on it and doing it and getting like even getting a couple of days in, I think just having like having the 
the balls, and I know there's women on the show too, but like like general term, but having the balls to yeah. do that and put yourself in that position, that situation where you are literally nothing but a number. Yeah. And you even if you do everything right, you're gonna get beaten up and beasted and like, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's no winning with the with the show because uh, the whole point is how hard if you can do it we'll do it harder and if yeah. you break we'll try and break you more and we'll do it until you quit if like you, that's the that's the goal of the show it's basically like they'll give you a beasting and if you're at the front of the pack they would scream at you and call you a show off and punish yeah. you if you're in the middle they would say you're just playing it safe you can do better than that and then punish you for that if you're at the back they would say you're lazy and shit, so do yeah. it again. And it's like, you can't win. <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah. Matter, no matter what you do, you, you're in the wrong. So it makes it impossible. Oh, man. But look, yeah. anyways, um, and like, since since you've done the show, you've, you like, if, again, like, because obviously I follow you on Instagram, like, you've done the fan dance. Um, you've, 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 like, you're always off hiking, um, yeah. uh, doing runs in the gym. So, like, do you have a, a whole other kind of concept of pushing yourself and challenging yourself after doing that show? Or that, is yeah. it just, is it still the same that you just, you're just constantly trying to achieve more? Yeah, I feel, I, mm, that's, that's a quite a hard, hard thing to answer. I'm not sure. I guess I feel slightly different since doing the show. It's given me a lot of confidence. Yeah. So it, it sort of built my confidence up and I got more, confidence in my ability that I did have before I've got more self-belief I I've I've always enjoyed pushing myself so that's always been a thing but I guess now I've done something on that sort of scale I feel like I need to be going bigger yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and better so it's uh, I guess it's given me bigger goals and have you, have you got a challenge a new ridiculously hard challenge in mind or are you still working on them well, yeah, I've, there's a few I'm working on, but the the, the challenge for me is um, I've got a uh, ultra marathon booked for February next year, okay. which is going to be my first ultra marathon. So it's 34 miles, but it's like 6,000 feet of elevation, um, trail running on coastal paths. Okay. Uh, and I've done I've I've run this actual event before, but I've done the half marathon version of it. Mm. So they do like a 10k half marathon marathon and then an ultra. But I've just I've just jumped from the half straight to the ultra, and I've booked it for February. Okay. So I've got a bit of time to train. Um, so yeah, that's my next sort. And I think with with that, like I I did an ultra last year. Um, that is mental more so yeah. than anything else. And yeah. if you can do ten days in the Jordanian <laughs> yeah. desert, pretty sure unless you like blow a hamstring. Uh, you'll be able to complete this challenge, no problem. Yeah, you good. Cool. You good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, the other thing I like to uh, like kind of talk to you about a little bit because you do you use it's it's even in your profile is that you're a mental health advocate and as you said you've had your own personal issues uh, in the past. Like, what do you what would you think is the kind of like we're we live in a society that has convenience. Like everything, come I, I can get everything from a phone. Yeah, um, I've convenience to beat the band. I, like we've literally tried to take adversity out of it, people's lives to make life so much easier. But yet, mental health is getting worse. And me personally, 
I kind of believe it's because we're not constantly being tested through some sort of challenge or, or mental adversity that when smaller things happen, we are having bigger breakdowns because we can't, we don't have to deal like for you. And obviously, cause you've gone, you've gone through stuff and um, you know, more people probably because you're more big advocate for it. Like, where do you see the bigger problem for just like, obviously the UK nation are like just people in general that it seems to yeah. be becoming a bigger problem, but we have more solutions to fix it, but it's still getting bigger. It's like, I suppose it's like the obesity rate. Everyone's getting bigger, but yeah, we, there's more gyms in the world than there's ever been. Yeah. So where for you, do you, would you see the, do you, do you, do you have a thought on that? Um, yeah, I think, I think it's a mixture of different things. I definitely think that mental health is talked about more now, which is good. Um, yeah. So people are more aware of it, which is good, which could also kind of link into why there are more people suffering with mental health because there's a bigger understanding of it. People now almost not self-diagnosed, but understand that that's what's happening. So it appears like it's more, maybe it used to be just as much, but it was just hidden and mm. just people just didn't admit to it or didn't, didn't deal with it i i don't think social media helps particularly yeah. I, I i'm very hot and cold with social media so sometimes i love it and sometimes i really don't yeah. and my instagram will sometimes be very busy and then there'll be a few weeks where i'm like i need a bit of time away from this now and i'm just going to do my own thing in the background and get on with life um but yeah i think social media i think there's a big it, it it puts a lot of pressure on people, especially young women and young men, like mm. the younger generation, I think, to look a certain way, be into certain things, be yeah. doing certain things, when actually, like, you just need to do what makes you happy and not worry about what anyone else is doing. Yeah. For me, it's being outdoors, it's taking part in sports, it's lifting weights, um, it's also running my business. I actually enjoy it. With, yeah. It brings a lot of stress. It, it's, it, it's always like a worry, but it, it's like, it's good it's fun it's exciting and it's challenging so it keeps me it keeps me going it's not just nine to five it, it, like almost like mind numbing with my brain it's mm. similar to the physical side it's keeping me active and keeping me sharp up here um, but yeah i i would have to agree with you i think it's that in the society we live in that people don't tend to face as much adversity now because everything is so easy compared to what it maybe was like before yeah when things do come up they don't have the right tools and they don't have the right knowledge to deal with it um which which causes bad mental health i guess anxieties yeah. depressions worry it's all it's all form of mental health isn't it it is it, it is it is and one thing because you touched on with the younger like the younger generation are getting it harder because they're just not used to being challenged or going through it. and one of the things with social media and i literally only said this to our teen strength camp uh was last week and i said it was about gratitude as well I was, I was trying to get them to be grateful for the fact that their parents drive them to the gym they pay for them to be here and yeah. then don't waste the opportunity and i was like i got them to kind of uh, what i want you to do is when you get home pick one of your parents give them a hug and say thank you for everything and then walk out of the room it's not about you it's about just thanking them and you don't have to justify why just do it and i said if you don't i'll be texting all your parents tomorrow and anyway to find out whether you got a hug or not and a lot of the parents were like i i, I thought he was up to something i thought he did something wrong <laughs> yeah. they're not it's, it was so out of the the norm yeah 
But then that led me to think about something else. And when they all came back in, I spoke to them again and I spoke about social media. And the reason was like five seconds of your day can make someone's day. Yeah. But if you flip that, five seconds for someone to post a negative comment can ruin your day, week, month if you let it get into your head. Yeah. And I think that's a huge lesson that the, for people that are on social media or feel like they're being picked on or isolated or comments been thrown is that the person that posted that comment nine times out of 10 is no longer thinking. It was five seconds of their day. Yeah. And it's now taking charge of your whole day. So they don't care about that comment as much as you. You shouldn't care about their comment too. And teaching that element I think yeah. is a big lesson for youths to understand. And then it might help because if like I got, I got trolled there a while back. It was hilarious. He uh, was slagging off a video I did on training. Yeah. And I wrote back to him and said, man, I'm so grateful for your feedback. It means a lot to me. I hope you keep doing what you're doing because <laughs> all you're doing is serving the universe. I said, I'm, I'm truly 100% grateful that you came onto my reel and posted on my reel and made me understand what I was doing wrong and that things that I do are bullshit. You are a true gent and the savior of this world. And I never got at him back from him because he just got shut down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I kind of get off on that a little bit. It was like, Oh yeah, you're going to have a go. Are you? Oh, I'm going to kill you with kindness. going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. You. And that's the way to do it. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. I, I think that people are very conscious about what other people think of them. Yeah, and in fact, you asked me earlier what my biggest takeaway was from it, and actually, I think the biggest lesson came from nobody, and not in a negative way, but nobody cares about you as much as you think they do. They really yeah. don't. Like everyone is caught up in what they're doing and their own lives and their own insecurities and worries, because I didn't get to the end of the course, and there's a lot of people who know me who thought I would have, mm. and. I felt like there was a lot of pressure. And before that last episode, I, I the week leading up to it, I found I couldn't train very well. I couldn't concentrate on work. Um, I think I had four takeaways in a week, which just isn't like me. I just wasn't eating properly. I felt tired all the time. And I was so anxious and stressed about that last episode being aired and people see me not finish. And I thought, oh my God, everyone's going to think I'm weak. Everyone's like, it's going to be a huge thing. Oh my God, did you see Tom didn't get to the end? And it got, it got shown, it got aired. My phone went crazy with people saying, well done, mate, hold your head up high, you did incredible. And then by the end of Monday, well, that was it. People were back at work. People were getting on with their lives. It was just like, it was just like, it didn't matter. It yeah. wasn't important. And I built it up to be this huge thing and it affected me for the week. Like, And I think if you spend your time worrying about what other people are going to think about you, or worrying about failures you might have, or the way you look, or whatever it is, people don't care about it as much as you think they do. That is a huge yeah. thing I learned from that show. Is for me, it was like the biggest one I've ever done in my life. It was a huge challenge. It was on national TV. It was like it was just just like epic in my life. But to everyone else, it was just like, oh yeah, Tom's on again on Sunday. It'd be interesting to see how he got on. Oh, we're busy. We'll record it and watch it on Tuesday. It wasn't a big thing. So like, uh, people don't care as much as you think. That's uh, the, the, the best way I've heard that, the best way to explain that or the, the way it was said to me before is you are the star in your movie. 
Yeah. You know, everyone else is an extra. Yeah. So anything I do, no matter how big I do it or whatever challenge I take on or whatever I do with my business or my family, no one else cares or will, like you say, will care as much as you do because you're only an extra in theirs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like, well, that's a bit harsh, but no, it's, it's fact. That's true. Yeah. Like people, like people move on uh, from, yeah. from everything. And like, I'm sure like when you do it, when you completed a challenge, like personally yourself, like with the SAS or with like doing, like when you do the ultra, yeah, like I'm, you probably weren't given the time to think with the SAS coming to the final few days because you're constantly, but like for me, I have uh, a big swim this summer. Yeah. I've already planned my next year's challenge. Yeah. I haven't even finished training or completed the task. And when I did the ultra, it was the same thing. What's next? Yeah. Before I finish that one, it's like when you're reading so a book and you want to start a new book. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I could just start. I was like, oh, you got to finish this book. Oh, I want to start. <laughs> yeah. I, because it's just, you're like, and I think that type of personality is good. But yeah, like people don't, um, you're, if you're just an extra in someone else's yeah, story. Yeah. And I, that's something I've learned over since it's been on. And I found real peace with it. And it's yeah. made me feel so much better about my life because now I'm like, the only people that, uh, like, like, the only people that matter really is, your, is what you think of yourself. Mm. Like, if you can wake up and look in the mirror and be like, I'm, I'm proud of what I do on a day-to-day -day yeah, basis yeah. and I'm proud of how I behave and treat others, then that's, that's all that matters. Like, nothing, everything else is just noise. It's like, yeah. um, obviously, you've got your family um, and stuff, but again, even to your parents or your children, like, they're their own superhero in their movie. Mm. Like, it's, it's them and you're you're the dad or you're the mum or you're the daughter or the son or whatever. It's So it was just a huge thing for me and a realisation and it's really helped me and I feel totally different. And it really was like a big black cloud, like being lifted, like huge weight. I woke up on the Tuesday after the last episode that was aired on the Sunday. And I was like, oh my God, I feel so relieved that it's all over and everyone knows I didn't win and no one actually cares. <laughs> like, no. And had I got to the end, my phone would have blown up with people going, oh, wow, well done, mate. You passed it. That's amazing. Yeah. You go back to bed the next day and it's forgotten about. It's like like they're, they're thinking about what their plans are for the next weekend or yeah. next weekend. So, and, yeah. and that's, that's, that's human nature. And like you say, like, if you can handle that, and I think that could, like, if you're, if you're a young person listening to this um, and you're worried about what other people think, if you can get a handle on the fact that it's not important if it's really not as important as you think it is. And their opinions of you are 100% not important if they're not supporting you, even if yeah. they are supporting you, it's still, it's you being comfortable in yourself, yeah. being a good human, uh, be, as you say, be kind, helping people when you can and looking after you and yours. I think that's the kind of the real, as you say, you find peace in it now yeah. and you don't worry about it now as much as you would have back there, like whilst you when the show was on. Um, but I think a lot of people need to understand. And I, I suppose, and I don't know, like if you, you agree or disagree with me on this, is that if people learned that more, I'd say there'd be less mental health problems because most yeah. people put, try and keep doing things to impress or impact upon people. And yeah. they're never really going to get what they really think they should because... The other person will just again, like here's the thing: if uh, 
if iPhone died today, like literally just shut shop, who would talk about iPhone in a year from now? Yeah. No. Everyone else would have a new phone, a new tablet, yeah. a new yeah. iMac, a new version of it. We wouldn't talk yeah. about iPhone if no. it was dead. Yeah. And and it's it's just we move we move we have to move on. You yeah. can't if you end up dwelling on the past, you're only creating a vicious vicious cycle yeah. for you, and then you end up hurting yourself doing that. And and that's why you should never ever be afraid of failing either. Never yeah. be afraid to fail. Just like just do your best. If you fail, you, you don't fail. You, I know it's cliche, but you don't fail. You learn from it. Yes. Right. So I I now stretch twenty minutes every morning, twenty minutes every night, and. Sometimes throughout the day, I'll just randomly get on the floor in the office and start yeah. stretching. Um, and I do a mobility class every Wednesday evening. So, yeah. Yeah. like, and my running has improved because of that. And now I'm, like, entering races and I'm like, okay, actually, I'm shaving loads of time off my race times here. My running's getting better. And it's probably because I'm not so knotted up and tight yeah. in my hip flexors yeah. and everything. And I'm, I've had physio to help with my recovery since being ISS. And I think, like, so actually now I'm really enjoying my running again, which is why I've entered an ultra and I've got a few other races coming up that aren't the same distance, but they're all like good races to do. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm really enjoying my running and I'm getting better at it. And the reason I'm getting better is because I'm working on mobility and I'm working on leg strength in the gym. Uh, and I'm throwing in my running training as well. So I'm like, okay, this is perfect. I wouldn't have been doing mobility and stretching and flexibility if it hadn't have been for SAS. I yeah. wouldn't have learned that actually that's a real weak point. And had I not been focusing on it, I'd probably have problems when I was older because I was so tight. The physios couldn't believe the state of me. Um, so I like, yeah, it's just something I've neglected. So I think you just you just learn. You go through life and you, you try things, and if it doesn't work, you you sort of take stock, look at what you've done and think, how am I going to do this better now? How, how am I going to use it to improve? And then you go again and you fail and no one cares. <laughs> like <laughs> you, think they, you think they're going to, and they, they really don't very much. Like, and if they do, it's for a period of 24 hours or less. And then yeah. they're, they're thinking about themselves again. So just don't worry. So yeah, any young listeners that, are, that do listen, go for it. And don't, don't be afraid to, to fail. You've got to be in it to win it and you've got to try. And if you do do that, you will find a community of people that will only be there to help you. Yeah. Like sometimes it's leaving the group of people that you think you want um, their acceptance. And yeah. it's the last thing you want or need in mm. life. Uh, yeah. But Tab, uh, I've taken up nearly uh, an hour of your time. I know we're going to quick. I like <laughs> it flies through, doesn't it? I, I yeah. Um, so... Just for you, a question I like to ask everyone, what like, what would be your biggest fear now moving forward for you? And I like, I don't like to say what's your biggest, all, what's your biggest fear because I think it's more honest to say, to kind of ask that question. And like, and I always say this one, and I, I actually, I, I'll give you, I was just, I was at a course, I finished, I just certified in a, in a new uh, uh, mindset coaching. And my question, my fear was always, I won't be the dad to my kids that I want to be. And through a two day course, they found out I was more, I had problem issues with my dad for over like, well, 40 years. And, so, and my job was I had to ring him yesterday, which I didn't want to do. And I ended up like ringing him and having a full on, this is this is where we're at 
and this is why you don't see your grandkids and this is why we don't talk much um and i need to let you know this but i also need to let you know that you were a 25 year old man with three kids struggling to raise a family and you had mental health issues so i forgive you for that and uh, like it was again a huge weight off my phone so that's what i mean like uh I don't know. That completely went off what I was asking you. Yeah, no. Um, but sure, there you go. I'll yeah. cut that out of show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, big, biggest fear. Well, so, yeah, my, uh, I, I'm not sure. My big, my biggest fear probably, and it's not just since the show. It's since the car accident that me and my wife were in. So I set up my business post that. So we had the accident, and we both left our jobs um we set up the business um i feel like we have a very good work-life balance now so yeah. there's some weeks like this week for example not so much it's been more work than it has play yeah uh, although i still got eight miles in and a sea swim this morning so very good, very good. Uh, yeah i've got to make time so i was up at half five like you've got to get it done so that's something i'll never compromise on ever is my training like that's yeah. just yeah, i just never will compromise at that and sleep the two things i won't compromise um, but yeah, my biggest fear probably is to lose that feeling of living your life like to the fullest and experiencing as much as you can. Because prior to that, all I did was work solidly and stress yeah. myself about work all the time. My wife did the same in her job. Our weekends, our Saturdays were spent feeling shattered from the stressful weeks we had had. And then our Sundays were spent worrying about going back to work on Monday. And that was it. And we didn't, yeah. we were too tired to really do much during the week. And I think after the accident, it really changed. And now the whole reason for setting up our mortgage business that we do is that we can be flexible with our lifestyle. So our office that I'm sat in now is we're, we're based at home. So we both work from home. We've got an office set up here and it allows us to have that lifestyle. So this week has been really busy and I've been working long hours, but last week, yeah. I work Monday, Tuesday, and then I must have done about three hours work the whole of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like, we were just going off with the dogs, going for walks, going up on the moors, like, because we've got that ability now. And I know yeah. everyone isn't doesn't isn't in that position, but what I would say is don't, I, I'm really fearful that I would get further down my career path and look back and think, I haven't done anything. Mm. And you've got one body and one life. So I think live it healthily and live it doing what you want to do and experiencing as much as you can. 100%. Um, guys, if you took anything from this show, you, it's that if you're willing to te test yourself, test your mental health, your strength, and uh, just keep on pushing and challenging yourself to be better, do better, do more and live an exciting, active lifestyle. Um, if you're uh, Tom is on Instagram and uh, I'll put your Instagram handle on the bottom of the show notes, if you're okay, okay with that. Uh, and guys, like, like I met this guy at a wedding with his bad dance moves. Um, like <laughs> just so like the guy beside you could be the guy or you could be the guy beside me next time or the woman that is doing crazy, crazy things, challenging themselves and putting them, putting their bodies on the line to test, to see what they got. And I think that's admirable. And again, as I said, Tom, my hat is off to you for like, just for being like, 
within the first hour of talking with you, I knew that this guy's a good guy. And then when I started speaking to Helen and stuff, like they were just good people because they live, they have a specific way of living and like they're, they're genuine. And it's it, in this world, it's hard to find a lot of genuine people. Um, and you are definitely, you and your wife are definitely two of those people. Um, Thank you. So I really appreciate you being on show. I know we were, the, the wedding was back in March. We were meant to have the show. A long <laughs> yeah. time. I got quite complacent for a while, um, but we got it done. And, yeah, uh, thanks guys, for having me. You no know, worries. You guys, don't forget to like and subscribe, follow the show, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.